Welcome to Urban Homestead Radio, preserving a homegrown way of life and inspiring others to bring the revolution home. Thanks to the support of our sponsor, Lehman's. For over 60 years, they have provided practical, non-electrical tools, appliances, and home goods. When technology fails, their products will certainly work. Check out their website at lehmans.com. That's L-E-H-M-A-N-S dot com. Let's go down to the urban homestead, Pasadena by the freeway, right down there on the urban Hi, homesteaders. I'm your host, Annie Sturvais from the Urban Homestead here in Pasadena. I want to wish everyone a happy fall once again. Um, it's uh, November here in uh, Southern California. Mid-November. Mid-November. Oh, wow. I just remembered the first of November. Now it's mid-November. That is correct. Yeah. So, um, and uh, I just love this time of year. It's a change of season. Uh, well, it was a drastic change of season. We went from 90 degrees uh, one day on a on a Friday, and then woke up on on Saturday, and it was 60. And we just experienced our first frost this morning. So, uh, quite a weather whiplash if you were out here out west. Some people even got snow. So, and we got our first rain. So, first frost, first rain. So. It was, uh, it's been a chilly couple days. Um, and with all that's been going on, um, I just reflected this, this season of how blessed we are to live on a farm and how the hens and seedlings uh, could care less of the political uh, climate and the pandemic that's um, going on because life grows on on a farm. And so uh, I wanna take that, that opportunity to, uh, to um, reflect on that and how blessed we are to, to live on a farm with things that are living uh, around us. So um, today I'm joined by my brother, Justin. You all know him as uh, head farmer, uh, farm box manager, jack of all trades, and so forth and so on to get you all caught up on homestead happenings. And so here's what's been happening on our homestead. Um, I wanna start off uh, talking about uh, the barnyard and the, the, chi- the chickens and the ducks. So. In the previous episode, I t- uh, we talked about how we got some baby ducks um, in the mail, finally, because of after two years of Newcastle uh, quarantine. quarantine, we couldn't get any, or couldn't increase or expand our flock because of the Newcastle, and so that was lifted this summer, so we were able to get some um, baby ducks, and uh, they're three not months. Not so baby. <laughs> not so baby anymore. Uh, they went from fitting in my little hand to just... Uh, I can't even. Yeah, I I can't even tell them. Can't even tell them apart from the older ducks. So I have to do a double take. Like, oh, where are they? Because they're just one big happy flock now. Um, so like I said, they integrated well. And speaking of integration with the old and uh, the the new the baby ducks and the older ducks, the older ducks were uh, some. I think they were like seven, eight years old. So they've been on the homestead. A while so there's always as if you've raised chickens and ducks before there's always issues when you bring in new uh, hens or you know chicks and and so forth because there is a pecking order amongst the the hens like I said the the chickens have their pecking order the ducks have their pecking order and then between them they have some their own pecking order so it's always a good thing to be um, you know I get not vigilant, but just watch over any integration. And so, of course, when the baby ducks went in, uh, we put them in the um, the chicken or chicken run. Uh, they were about two months old, so they were still young, but they grew fast. 
And so um, I noticed that one of the uh, runts of the new batch, we was her name was Kiwi, so I'm gonna refer to her as Kiwi. She Kiwi, unfortunately, was a little punk. I don't know. She she was a, the the littlest of the four of the baby ducks, but she had a big attitude, and she would pick on the one of the older ducks. Just and I think in seeing the dynamics of the ducks that older duck was uh, the in charge of the, the older flock the alpha yeah she was the alpha duck of the older flock while kiwi had to throw her weight around so she would just go after the older duck and um if you ever seen a, you know chickens pack well ducks they'll do this thing they'll take their their beaks and they'll do um They'll grab the necks. They do this neck grab and they'll kind of shake it. And so Kiwi would go up to, no fear, she'd go up to the older duck and she'd just grab on that and go, rrr, rrr, you know, and then of course the other duck would be like, hey, you're a little punk. And she would give it right back at her. So um, the scuffle wouldn't, the scuffling, I'd, I'd monitor it, but it would not go away. And I'm like, okay, guys, you know, settle down, settle down. And I could hear them scuffling um, sometimes when I'm in the yard. So um, to, 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 eliminate that problem what i did was drama. yeah huh eliminate the drama the drama yes of the in um so i decided that the alpha older duck since she was older and and just she, you know they she spent her time just sleeping um you know in the sun most of the time what i did was i took one of these um duck or not duck dog um fold up uh, like run, dog runs yeah dog the, runs but it fold up you know it's like a pen thing but it would fold up and so what i did thing. yeah so I did was separate her, kind of made a little uh, little circle around her, gave her food and water, but she could see the other ducks and, and chickens and, and be a part of the, the cohabitation, but not be pecked on by Kiwi. So it's, uh, so she spent about a day and a night, uh, I wouldn't say isolated, but she just was, was a, Kiwi wasn't allowed she to get time near. Out. Yeah, well, <laughs> Kiwi should have had time out, but I kind of protected the older duck. Anyhow, so, that was about a day and then I, you know, took down the panel and see how, how, how the, you know, how the pecking order would be and all is well, happy to say, they're all integrated, just needed a timeout, kind of them to sort out the their hierarchy. hierarchy, yeah, so the hen hierarchy and so all is well and uh, so that's, um, that's one of the good news that we, um, to see them all integrated and happy. Um, so yeah, the past- A little bit harder than chickens because yeah, the past 20 years, uh, we've had, you know, we've adopted hens and had baby chicks. And so integration is always, um, you know, a thing. But we've really had no issues where, I mean, I've read and heard many times or, you know, their blood is drawn and, and it gets ugly. But unfortunately, ours are just uh, mild, uh, mildly uh, dramatic. So it's uh, our mild scuffles. So we're, we're happy with what that. Uh, chickens, you just put them in at night? Or? Yeah, on the chickens... Um, the well, a trick chickens that works. Blind at night. Yeah, the chicken. Yeah, and the ducks see better. So, um, so with the chickens, I we found that um, when somebody you know drops off a hen. Uh, actually, I just had a, a lady drop off a hen um, this week. Um, she couldn't. She she actually wasn't getting along with uh, certain members of her flock, and she's like, "Would you take this chicken?" I was like, "Sure." So she's um, a copper marin, um, six months old. And I put her in in the evening um, when it was getting dark. And the next morning, one of my tricks is to get them to kind of uh, mingle with each other is give them their favorite treat, which is raisins. 
and um, they they all came to me had the raisins with the new with the new um, chicken and I mean that was a couple packs like what are you doing here this is our my treats you know what are you doing but um, they sorted it out within a day no blood was drawn and so um, yeah so that was an, another great integration so um, yeah we've just had really successful with the integrations and yes the chickens and ducks do coexist they work of course there's different um, needs for the ducks they need to, a little bit access to a water supply not to necessarily to swim because they are land ducks but they need to be able to eat and then take take in water so i have a we have a little what do they call that a tray a concrete mixing tray from home depot yeah so we have one of those i fill up um in, with fresh water and they do need to clean their feathers and to do that they need a bit of water so um and then the, over the summer justin and uh some interns in the family uh we expanded our ch chicken run and uh coop area so it's real nice and, doubled in size. yeah doubled in size so that's good news because guess what no we doubled the flock <laughs> uh, means i'll be doubling the flock so so yeah so that's all as well in the animal world um here on the homestead so and i just enjoy watching them their personalities um just seeing them you know the breeds and things yeah i well i have a lot of breeds um, people have said oh they're the most beautiful chickens they've ever seen so it's a rainbow assortment of yeah colors. rainbow hair of heritage ones um they're just beautiful and, and and we made it so when the farm box customers come to pick up they come to pick up their farm boxes in the garage and the garage is right adjacent to the to the chicken uh, run barnyard area and there's a window in in the garage that kind of looks into that and so we um we moved the shelves yeah we moved the shelves a little bit so that when people walk in they can go peek in and and say hi to the chickens and ducks so that's been a real cool little it's like you know it's finding this little tweaking things that you take advantage of like oh what if we just move the shelf people can see into the to the barnyard and and the kids love it when they come pick up their their boxes and the adults love it too they just like to you know sit for a moment they don't have to get their you know feet with you know messy with poop or anything they just peer into the to the barnyard and and uh see their animals you know i joke i watched i have my coffee in the morning to watch chicken tv well and duck tv so it's 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 nice so um it, it definitely they are quite entertaining creatures so yeah so that's that on the barnyard and and um and so what's going on in the garden justin tell us a little bit what's what's happening there i think you touched on it earlier about the weather whiplash it went from 90 daytime temperatures to um, 40 nighttime temperatures and the backyard is 10 degrees colder, so we had our first uh, frost this morning. Then, like between in two days, it dropped to 60, 70 degrees, which is. Um, I think we were, we talked about it before. We were caught off guard last year how it got cold on Halloween, and this year we were a little bit more prepared or aware that it could get cold that early. Mm -hmm. So we had the road cover set up, and then uh, for the last week or two, but then we put the plastic. Uh, six mil plastic on top which helps um, and of course the wind blows everything off so then you have to tie it, uh, hold mm -hmm. it down and then um, we're able to hopefully I haven't opened them up yet but it should be okay yeah so speaking of which maybe bring people back to what happened last Halloween what happened last Halloween that was sort of a shock for us yeah because it was 90 degrees and then I said I texted you guys and said look at the temperature in two days or next week or it was and it said yeah it was gonna be 
I said, that can't be right. You know, I sort of dismissed it because mm-hmm. we'd been here so long. We knew the backyard was 10 degrees colder, and I dismissed it. And sure enough, woke up that morning, and everything was iced up. And the volunteers come in and said, man, it's cold. It's like, yeah, look at this. And there was black lettuce, and mm-hmm. lettuce turned black because it was frozen. And I think that was one of our earliest frosts I remember. Yeah, like so then, then this time, it was Halloween on Sunday, and it's now it's, well, it was Thursday or whatever, or last week whatever mm-hmm. and we're able to uh, learn from last year <laughs> hopefully if it's going to be a pattern yeah. a cold snap early at the end of end of october early november so row covers and, and you know winterizing the homestead what does that all entail well i saw you know uh, people who we have raised beds if you've seen the pictures and and on instagram and facebook so what is row covers and, and winterizing the raised beds so you said well how's that how do you do it you said you have a like uh, hoops and well row covers are basically breathable blankets that you put over the uh, raised beds and depending on the thickness you can get really lightweight to really heavyweight they add you know one to ten degrees warm and I got a mid-weight one that allows like 70% sunlight and allows the rainwater to get through every three to five years they fall apart so you have to invest in another batch um, ones I was looking for that we used to have years ago I couldn't find there were some clear clear ones and they, they no longer like cared oh. I couldn't find them anymore we oh. bought them like 10, 10 years ago hmm. um, so they're the white ones that are the most common mm-hmm. and basically there's miniature we turn the row the beds into miniature uh, greenhouses with these wire what are they? hoops I got wire uh, what do you call it just they're just size of your Pinky. Yeah, it's very small. Like basically yeah. clothes hanger. You yeah. know, you put a clothes a wire over the bed and it makes a two and a like half foot tunnel, high. Like almost like polytunnels, yeah. but yeah. a mini polytunnel. A mini greenhouse, mini mm-hmm. polytunnel. You don't need to warm air 10 feet tall because all mm-hmm. the salad mix is growing, mm-hmm. you know, six or 12 inches tall for the broccoli and stuff like that. So there's all these metal. The hard part is storing the row covers and the plastic and the wire <laughs> for the entire year just to use, to them. use them for the winter so that's the hardest part of storage and so we went from storing the metal and the row covers to now we're storing the trellises for the, the tomatoes tomato and trellis, the cucumbers yeah. and squash so, so storage is always an issue i think but, i've talked about that before people say what's the challenges of homesteading but it's, basically it's a wire you can buy these wire pieces or make these wire pieces goes in one side of the bed goes in the other side of the bed and you put a row cover on top and to prevent them from blowing off you either clothes pins or pony clamps and that helps and then if it gets really cold then we put plastic on top of the row covers the row covers are breathable so it's not really um, like what do you call it weatherproof but you want that for the rain or if it gets too hot so that they can breathe um, when we got too cold last last night or the night before we put up the plastic and then that's a uh, six mil plastic on top of the mm-hmm. and then that that makes it more frost tolerant and if it really gets cold and really freezes then we'll put another layer of poly tarp on top and then hose everything down and make our little yeah. igloos igloo state surprisingly passing get or especially where we are we get we have a little cold i mean a lot a big cold pocket surprisingly i mean yeah. it's i don't can't explain it but we've so, been here long enough to know that it's 10 degrees colder in the middle of the backyard <laughs> and you know i've so I was talking to somebody today and he said about why is it so cold? I was like, I don't know, a friend grew in four thousand feet and he had grows growing 
That is sounded not covered, and, and I had to cover mine. Yeah, I don't know. So, so it's real weird. microclimate. So that just goes to show you. you well, know, the sun angle changes. Yeah. It's the trees cast shade. Um, so, the walls, and, the winds, the buildings. And, and the microclimate, because we're so close to the Royal Seiko, could do something. So that just goes to show you, you know, uh, you know, one, one yard, uh, I guess, you know, people say one yard um, micro or climate or setup or arrangement doesn't always fit everybody's because everybody's yard is unique. And even in their even in their yard, there's microclimate. So um, that just goes to show you that you have to really, if you want to start farming or urban farming or gardening in your backyard or front yard learn learn your the climates learn uh you know the seasonal the sun angles where's the coldest part of the yard where's the driest part of the yard so it's always good to to just you know take note of what, what... Yes, you can also feel if you due to not central air or central heat you can also feel the temperature drop uh, overnight and you could feel it and then that Either wakes you up or you know the temperature when the wind stops. Whistle. Yeah, you don't need a frost whistle. whistle. The, old, the old time, I don't know if everybody knows that, but the frost whistle. Uh, I think it's a, it's a uh, novel. Um, it's a. But you can tell this is there's tricks if it's calm and cold and clear, mm-hmm. and it's, like, I think it was forty degrees at ten at nine or ten o'clock at night. You the chances it's going to freeze. Yeah. So that's like uh, farmers. If the cloud, if the clouds are there and the wind is blowing, cool. It's less likely to get cold, mm-hmm. but um, and we can tell by the sound. Actually, we can tell because when we're outside and there's a there's a change. Because it calls. I guess night, it's be, clear, yeah, the clear dark night. <laughs> there's a barometer. I guess that would say the barometer dropped or whatever. But the the sound changes and we and we pick it up and we know it and that means we're just like oh it's gonna be cold and people are like what are you talking about it's like no it's gonna be cold because there's that sound change it's really it's if you just like I said if you're in tune with your with nature and your surroundings um you get good at it and especially being in a in a space uh, so long as we've been we kind of kind of know uh our microclimate and our climate here so i mean it's changing of course with uh global weirding but um Certain things don't change when it's, like you said, when it's, what, 10 o'clock, you said? What's yeah, the it's thing like 9 or 10 o'clock, it's 40 degrees, and it's cool and clear. Mm-hmm. Chances are it's going to get cold. So You have a little rhyme about I mean, that? Is learning. there a rhyme about that? Palmer's Almanac, I'll have to check it's that still, out. It's, oh. We're still learning, and uh, I think we jumped again. I think we talked about it last episode was the peas. We planted about a month ago. Oh, yeah, ago. talk about the peas. You were, like, not bragging about them, but they look They're so beautiful. good. They're beautiful. I mean, almost 100% germination, and then... Then the heat wave, we had a late October heat wave. With the fires. And that the fires, and somehow the, they didn't quite uh, handle the heat very well. They were probably too young. Or, and that, I thought they were on the s- shaded side of the house, but apparently they got a little cooked, so mm-hmm. I had to redo them with favas and replant some peas. So yeah, so was, speaking of favas, what are you planting? Uh, so we're, like I said, second week, or going into the second week in November, so what are you planting? A lot of lettuce, salad mix, the second batch of salad mix because the first batch is getting big. Uh, broccolini is ready to harvest. Broccoli rob is coming in. They look beautiful. Although the broccoli rob was surprisingly had bagrata. If we listened to our podcast before, bagrata, these pests that suck the brassicas. Um, Vampire bugs. They came in late, believe it or not. We usually have them July, August, and September. During the hottest part of the month of the year, this time they came in and they caused. I've never seen so much this late in the year because of the late heat wave. Hopefully, the cold weather just 
killed them off. So um, froze their buttons. Froze their buttons. <laughs> yeah. But there were there was a lot of agrada damage for being November, October, November. I was shocked because it was like the broccoli rob leaves were pock pockmarked with mm-hmm. these uh, bagrata bugs. So that was disappointing. Then the, because of the heat and then hopefully the cold weather knocked them down and yeah um, and the road covers maybe yeah so. Um, so okay, so you talked about the pest you're dealing with, so that was already discussed. And with uh, Sanjay helping here at the homestead, we talked we talked to him on our last podcast episode. Uh, the man, there's better management of the compost and all the green waste because like we're transitioning from summer to to fall or in winter, so there's a lot of green waste. The ten foot high tomatoes came down. What what your I saw you on Sunday. What were you we doing? We were pulling down the passion vine today because mm-hmm. of the. We used it as passive cooling on the south side of the house. Pull that down so that we can have sunlight in the winter. Um, the the sages, the guavas, the some of the herbs that get leggy, and um, I didn't want to cut them back in the heat because they get burned, sunburned. So when it cooled off, it was we were able to trim back um, some of the parking strip at and the hedge around the mm-hmm. property. So yeah, now's well, a good time. Well, that's partial. I mean, maybe a quarter of what yeah. needs to be done. So now's a good time for, for here, especially here in SoCal, is to kind of uh, prune and do some pruning. So, um, and then, uh, you uh, the, uh, was it Sunday or the other day, you checked uh, on in on the bees. Tell us how the bees are doing. Most, about three quarters of them were active and full. Mm-hmm. And two or three of them, the ones, you could tell by traffic. There's this, if there's no traffic in a hive, then there's an issue. So the there's th- about three of them that had low traffic, and I opened them up, and the queen had stopped laying. Mm. Due to varroa, there were some varroa mites and high beetles. That's another vampire bug. Yeah, wow. <laughs> it sucks it's a, those. It's I got a- I got a little behind, so I should have checked them um, in October, early October. I ended up checking them late October. And when I realized what was happening, I got the one of the last shipments of three new queens in, and I put them in a couple of weeks ago. It was the last week I can't remember, but hopefully they um, will revive those three hives that were kind of weak. Yeah, varroa is is pretty nasty stuff, and you do, you've tried sugar, powdered sugar, and it's all it's that hard stuff. to do naturally, yeah. but they bait. I didn't do anything, mm-hmm. and you know, out of the ten or twelve hives I had, three of them had some I issues. Now, I mean, bad. it's still too early. It could, mm-hmm. With this cold snap, it could uh, the rest of them they could, could be um, weak. Yeah, the rest of them could have issues too. But they look pretty active and pretty uh, full. You know, when you open the top. Yeah. So. So yeah, that's a whole just keeping the bees healthy, a full time job. Um, it's just like there's one thing having bees, but keeping bees, you got to be keep on top of. Keeping yeah, well, the bees. irony was that the the gentlest hives, the gentlest queens, were the ones that were more susceptible. So yeah, well, that's it's that survival just, of fittest, and that's you know. why there's that issue uh, debate where the the feral, and we can go into that another time. Yeah. The, it was, feral the bees, irony but, was it was the requeened, the most recent requeened ones failed, which is the ones I had it requeened earlier mm-hmm. in the year were okay the ones yeah. i requeened later in the year weren't too good well it's like i said it's cold justin's bundled up um we have to 
I mean, we went from 90 to now we're cold, so it's like uh, hats, beanies. Uh, uh, the joke is, if, you wear, if I wear socks, <laughs> shoes, and long pants, it's, it's cold. Uh, okay, so. you have socks. And shoes. And shoes, but you have shorts, so not long pants yet. So well, we're, we're not, it's not cold. The night's still young. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, speaking of cold weather, uh, soups are back, um, um, back in the kitchen, getting ready to um, boost everybody's immunity by making elderberry, elderberry syrups, which is a favorite here, and then making soups. Uh, and especially for the farm boxes, they, they love the add-on of the soup. So this past couple of weeks, I've been doing um, the using um, the butternuts up and making a amazing butternut squash soup. But I wanted to share one of my favorite recipes besides the butternut squash uh, is that how versatile butternut is. You always think of soups or chunks and chutneys or roasted or whatever or mashed, but there's a yummy alternative to tomato sauce, which is, and a favorite here at the homestead in our family, is a browned butter, butternut pasta sauce. So you brown the butter, you know, you put in your, your butternuts and, you know, onions and, and pepper and um, salt and that, 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 that um, recipe is online. But the secret that I found was in a total game changers when you brown the butter is to add some fresh sage that also browned. Oh, you know, OMG, that is like amazing with, with linguine. So it's just something alternative to just a typical, you know, marinara or um, even pestos and tomato sauce is uh, the brown butter butternut pasta sauce. So check that out. There's a recipe online if you Google it, um, something to enjoy um, with the fall weather. You know, there's only certain season to enjoy certain things and fall is a time to enjoy uh, the winter squash. So um, I, I love pumpkin, winter squash and pumpkin pumpkins, spice. pumpkin spice. <laughs> Don't get me started on that. But there is a time and place for pumpkin spice. So I do have to say, I do like it. I, uh, I could eat a whole pumpkin pie myself, but um, and then let's see what else do, has been going on. We have a couple minutes before uh, the episode oh, is wrapped up. What anything else? Oh, right. What what new things are you wanting to experiment this fall and winter? Is there things that we plan on doing? What is what do we plan on doing? I, I know I touched on that before. Yeah, we um, try to maximize the greenhouse space and wheatgrass um, for the chickens to the wheatgrass because they love the greens so we have a little I don't want to say self-watering but a little system set up for the wheatgrass um, it didn't do too well in the heat I've hopefully it does better in uh, winter time mm -hmm. and and I always have to fight my sister for the <laughs> greens and keep an eye on what she's picking because she's always getting into my salad mix which I sell for $16 oh, a pound who's that Who's that? I Wait, don't know. Somebody who's, who's shouted my nameless. Who? Wait, huh? <laughs> Somebody who shouted my is always picking my stuff, so hey, I have to. You see that the chickens in the It's a hierarchy. I know. It's, they got to take oh, a ticket. Come on. They just sit there and they're like, can we, can we have greens, mommy? Yes, yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, so greens. I need the wheatgrass growing so that I could save the salad mix for customers that pay $16 a pound. I could sell you can pay sixty dollars a pound. Oh, speaking of which, Ev, so if if you do come visit the homestead, um, the, and unfortunately it's the out out of, um, you know, out of tomato season. But the ducks, the the new baby ducks, love tomatoes. Uh, I think I posted um, them attacking a tomato on on the Facebook Instagram page, but it's hilarious to watch them. Um, just they, I don't know, they think it's a fish or or something. They just they 
take it and they squirts <laughs> squirts everywhere. I think they think they're like uh, you know hunter call the wild or something. I don't know what they think, but it just goes everywhere. It's so cute. So uh, you will be yeah. If you bring and come say hi to the ducks and bring tomatoes, they will love you forever. Uh, and let's see what else. Yeah. So did we name all the ducks? We did. It is um, Hazel. Uh, so we have two Khaki Campbells and two Welsh Harlequins. So the Khaki Campbells are Hazel and Kiwi, and the Welsh Harlequins are Cleopatra. And Hot Lips, I think, is going to become Lady Gaga because she is, she has quite the voice on her. So, <laughs> and she's you know she knows she's different and and has her. Now, pink bill turned into a. It's now yellow, but she still stands out. So. Um, yeah, so it's fun naming them. I haven't quite named all the, uh, we have a couple new chickens I haven't quite named. I'm still kind of mulling over some names of what actually, we'll what fits them. We'll do a afterwards. I did test afterwards. <laughs> we have a podcast on chicken names. Chicken names. Name this chicken. Name this chicken. Uh, but they're fun, so, um, and hilarious. And they said they love raisins. It's, um, so, yeah, so we're... Uh, we yeah, winterizing. Fundraiser for dad. Oh yeah, so it was um, dad's um, birthday on um, October 29th. So uh, to commemorate that, and uh, you know he passed away in December. Four, uh, in four years. In, in four years ago. So with that, the the nonprofit we had a board meeting and we got approval, or I got a. We, we, preliminary we, yeah so what we did was I said we could use the outdoor learning kitchen because with everything being COVID and outside we, we there's one section yard we thought perfect for outdoor kitchen so we presented it to or I presented it to the board and got approval to go ahead with fundraising for that um, in memory of you know our dad and how um, the memories of, of, of us as kids you know harvesting uh, going out in the garden harvesting and preparing amazing food so uh, in, in his memory, we are, we put together a um, we call it the learning uh, outdoor learning kitchen. Yeah, it it's on group? Facebook. You can donate. You can go to actually our urbanhomestead.org and, and donate. Um, there's a donate page. You can Venmo. You can send checks. Um, if it is a check, it would have to be to the Urban Homestead Institute because that's our nonprofit. So if you're interested in, in sponsoring or funding that. Uh, you know, if you can't find it on, on the internet or at Facebook, send us an email. We'll send you all the details. We're going to, um, hopefully, if we can get around to it, Jordan is working on a new website um, about that and uh, the proposal. We're waiting on one of our uh, friends to, he, he's going to do like an artist rendition of what the, the outdoor learning kitchen will look like. So we're pretty excited about that as we grow forward, grow into the future. And, and um, especially with, the, with this time that we hope that we are, um, you know, inspiring people and, and, and growing hope along with everything that's been going on. So with, with, you know, farming and gardening and animals and everything that's growing around you, you can't but be hopeful. And so, um, this is a season for hope. This is a season for reflection. This is a season for, um, you know, um, being thankful for all the blessings. And it's so. almost 2021, whether you believe it or not. So no 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 i don't want to hear that no so uh yeah Six so time flies i know time flies so thank you again for tuning in um and we'll 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 hopefully have a couple more uh podcast episodes before the year is out and so we appreciate um all the support and and the love and and we are indeed grateful for a lot of things and so um until next time bye bye and keep on growing Whoa. 
We love to hear your feedback or questions. Visit us at urbanhomestead.org to check out what's happening on the homestead. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And until next time, keep on growing.